Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. How are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> How's uh, everything way up there? Mm. You, sound, <laughs> you, sound, you sound sick. Yeah, mm. no, I'm, I feel really good. I feel awesome now. Oh my it's god! So good. You, you sound you sound legitimately uh, bronchial. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. I think I may I may have an issue going on. Are, you, you have uh, you, you, what's going on? Uh, I mean, you don't have to say. No, I mean, I'm fine talking about it. It's not like mm-hmm. I can. Uh, I mean, not like I, I can I just, hide it anymore. Well, how, how lucid are you? Oh, I'm, I feel good. I feel really good. <laughs> You sound like you might be wrapped in a blanket. No, no, I'm in. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the office. I'm in the studio. Mm-hmm. In the physical studio. Still a blanket there. It's no, your office. No, I don't have any blankets. Your studio. Um, <laughs> doing what no, I want. What's, what's, what's going on? I, I haven't been following the trade. So no, last you, last week, uh, I guess Wednesday, I I felt, you know, I had the so the week before, like seven days before, where I had the. Uh, the fever, but it only lasted. It didn't, it would never went above like 99 and a half and it went away the next day. But we re we, I think we rescheduled it for a day. And then I seemed like I was kind of just like run down for the rest of the week. I didn't feel really good. And then coming into, into la- last week, I guess around Wednesday, I the, it got it worse and I felt worse and I wasn't sure if it was a, it, the same thing that my kid had had for like two weeks of coughing and my wife had something where she was really congested and coughing and not feeling great. And, uh, and then I guess I got it, but because I'm kind of like pushing, burning the candle at both ends, as, as you would say, mm-hmm. uh, I think it, uh, it was just too much and I got it much worse and I had a fever and it went up to like 101 and I was just oh my gosh whole thing of just rolling in bed and just not so I've just been kind of taking it easy and like you know we talked about establishing your baseline fever yeah right you have this is the Dan adjusted fever you're that's uh that that's like 111 for a normal person yeah because I usually run a cool 50 degrees Fahrenheit you're like a cup of Earl Grey yeah so 97.9 98 even is my Go to temperature, and it's <laughs> it kind of it kind you know like it, there's such a, it's I've made a study over the last few days with my in my uh, time of just uh, resting of different how you, how I feel based on the based on the actual temperature. So it's not like I've been taking my temperature obsessively per se, Mm-mm, no, just all the time. And, uh, and, and kind of making notes to see. So what I found is that like, like an, and like a, what a normal person's temperature, 98, six, which is actually what I have right now. Cause I took it on, on, in the car while I was resting in the car driving, uh, 98, six for you perhaps would be fine. That's your normal temperature. That's you. For me, that's half a degree of, t- of, uh, temperature right there at least. Mm-hmm. So in this, I'm functional. I can do what I need to do. I don't feel great, but I'm okay. I can, you know, I'm standing, you know, 90, 99, 99.5. I can still do stuff. I feel all right. I feel actually good at that temperature. If you, if it hits a hundred, man, the difference between 99.5 and a hundred mm. is like the difference between being able to think and function as a human and being some kind of animal beast. And, not, and just not, and then once it gets over 100.5, forget it. I just, I just want to just die. Mm, you sound like a, like a, a clip art of, of somebody who's sick. 
Yes. We got that. You got the, uh, you got the ice pack on your head. You got the giant, giant thermometer. Oh man. I, I, so I'm not really sure what this is. I think it's what they had. I had the worst. Did you know you have sinuses on maybe you, I mean, I do sinuses on top on like the top of your head. I think. Is that right? I don't know. Huh? Is it is sinuses on top of your head? I didn't even know I had sinuses up there. I think you do. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure of that, it, but it's, it's, I thought at first that this is like a sinus infection or maybe I've just, it's progressed in, into that. I don't know. I don't know. So like, I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm just riding it out. Well, you know, I, I hate to, hate to ask the, 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 the question. Yeah. Have you, have you thought about visiting with a physician? I mean, at this point, uh, not yet, but because I'm definitely better each day, like I feel better each day. Hmm. So as long as I'm improving, uh, what are they going to do to put me on antibiotics? I, 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 I don't know, but I'm, I'm just here to tell you, I think a week of fever is, is a cause for concern. Well, it's not a fever anymore. No. You sure? Yeah, it's, it's, not even, it's not even a Dan adjusted fever? 98.6 is not, I wouldn't even really count that. All right. If I went to a doctor now and they took my temperature, like you have nine eight point six, why are you even here? I know, I know. This is this is the problem. This is the, you used to feel like when you went to a doctor, they would tell you something's wrong with you, and now they just make you feel bad. So I can't. I mean, if I if I'm not interested in taking the antibiotics yeah. because I am, if if I was getting worse, right, or things were just not improving, and I was the way I was on Saturday or Sunday, then yeah, I would I would definitely. You think you think it's running its course? Yeah, it's running its course. The last time mm-hmm. that I had something like this, it was very similar to this. And it took, you know, a week later and I still had like 99 and a half. It just took it, took it forever to get out of there. And finally it did. Well, I hope, I hope you feel better soon. Like if, if I'll tell you what I, if I go to a doctor, I'll tell you, I'll be sure to tell you. Yeah. So well, I'll be like, look, surprise, they gave me uh, antibiotics. You know, I, I wouldn't mind. Like there's people who go to like, uh, you go to see a medium or like a chiropractor or any of those made up things. Right. I think you, you should be able to go to a doctor who finds something wrong with you, even if there's not. Not a hypochondriac doctor, that's not what I'm talking about. But there should be a kind of doctor you go to where there's some consolation. You know you're going to walk out, even if it's with sugar pills, a pack of cigarettes, whatever it is. They should give you something to acknowledge that you're suffering. Instead of just making you feel bad and giving you a bill. Yeah. You probably got a copay. You got a copay on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big one. That's miserable. But I don't know. Mm. You know, I mean, people don't care about this. But no, as far as like the doctor, I used to, I was the kind of person for most of my life who at the first sign, I mean, I'll tell you a little story, but at the first mm-hmm. sign of, uh, of anything, of any kind of illness or anything, the first sign is something that wouldn't resolve almost instantly, like within a 12 hour period, I would be convinced mm. that I had something really, really bad. And I would panic about it and I would go to the doctor. So let me tell you, let me tell you a story. Old Dan, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. this is probably 2000, late nineties, early, early 2000 time period. So I go to, uh, I think I've felt run down and, uh, maybe I had, you know, just not feeling good. Maybe I had a fever or something. I don't remember. A couple days of this, I was convinced that I, based on my internet research, that I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the uh, doctor, not a regular, like I didn't have a regular doctor. So I went to, I found one and, uh, you know, they, they got me in like same day and I told her, you know, what was going on. And she basically gave me the equivalent of like a full physical, like checked everything out. 
And she says, well, like, why do you think you have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? And I described to her what I had. And she says, I don't, I don't believe that you have that. Does it run in your family? Is this something? I said, no, no one, in fact, has ever had any cancer except, you know, my, my grandfather who smoked for 55 years. And, uh, and she said, well, I, I don't, there's no indication of this. But because I was so in there and I, I was in a state of like obsessive panic, my blood pressure was very, very high and my heart rate was very, very high. And she's like, I don't like what I'm hearing when I'm listening to your heart. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm hearing some kind of murmur or something else and your blood pressure is really elevated. So I'm going to, I want you to schedule an EKG for later in, uh, you know, later this week, ideally tomorrow. I'm like, oh, that's great. So I go in, I get, I get the EKG and the technician is in there and he's, you know, doing the thing. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not really allowed to, I can't give a diagnosis. I can't tell you what's going on. Oh, they're, they're the worst. And I'm like, like I can't even tell, I can't even tell you what's on the thing that printed out. They won't right. even tell you. No. And I they don't said, have the training. They have the training for that. They can't give you a constellation for your fake non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. And this is back in the, I guess, late nineties again. So it, maybe they, maybe he was a little lax. I said, listen, I'm freaking out. Like he's like, let me put it this way. This is uh, nothing. And the murmur that she saw is just well within the range of normal heart sounds. Are you a little stressed out? I'm like, yeah, I'm freaking out. He's like, no, that's what that is. Mm. So I got the results back. Okay, calls, from, calls coming from inside the heart. The inside. <laughs> so mm. that, was, that was it. But like, that's the way I used to be about everything. Like everything. Any kind of, you know, any kind of potential illness or something I used to. And the way I got out of that eventually was just, you know, we've talked about meditation and uh, changing my diet and things like that. And that made all the difference in the world. And like, people don't believe me when I tell them that that's like, well, no, really, what did you do? You know, no, yeah, that, right. that was, that made the difference for me. That worked for me. Uh, and so, you know, like if, if in a few more days I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, much better than, yeah, I'll go, I'll go to a doctor. I'm not doctor averse. But I, you know, it's the same thing. It's like the same thing. They're, they've done so many studies. This is where I'm going to get the emails. I know you don't like to get political on this show, mm. but I have, uh, I have, my kids have gotten earaches. And when you go to, of, because of Obama, well, Obamacare. And uh, you go to, mm-hmm. you go to the doctor with your kid, you take your kid to the doctor and the doctor looks in their ear and they say, oh, they have an ear infection. Now, I've read a whole lot about this, especially the first time that my son had an ear infection a number of years ago, and they have done so many studies on this, especially those that outside of America, where they show that, that your kid will recover from the ear infection more times than not, uh, just as quickly without antibiotics as they would with, and antibiotics are often given as a preventative of, of things like that. But we over-prescribe antibiotics for everything. I think I used to get them two or three times a year when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, penicillin, vicillin, like, you know, I, I feel like... Amoxicillin. Amoxicillin. I feel like, yeah, you know, pretty much any time there was something, there there might be an infection. I think that was like just like one tick above like St. Joseph's baby, baby aspirin. Like, take this. And then, of course, I would never finish the prescription. So oh, I was just taking all one those. Of those. I, I'm one of those. That's right. And so I was just taking them to the gym. They just <sighs> give a little resistance workout, a little bit of uh, CrossFit for, for the little boogers in your body. Right. <sighs> 
I, I, I also so had I, this. I, I, so we did an experiment. We did an experiment on on my child, and even okay. though they prescribed the antibiotics, Ex- experimented on your child. Yeah, we did, we decided to not administer the prescribed antibiotics, and uh, and and we uh, he was fine two days later. Mm. So did we take a risk with his hearing? Well, I mean, I, you know, I felt I felt like really weird not giving him the antibiotics. You just you made him a control group. Yeah, but I wanted to see what would what would happen, and I was like ready with them. I'm like, okay, you know, like if if he doesn't start improving really quick, then yeah, I'm gonna go get him. But it, I was measuring it in hours as opposed to days. But he would immediately started getting better, and I'm like, you know, most people, including me, up until that time, probably would have just said, of course, here, here, you're gonna take ten days of these antibiotics that will destroy your gut fauna, uh, your gut flora, and you'll have, you know, and you'll have like bad poop and everything for mm-hmm. weeks and all of that stuff and like wh- why go through that if it's not absolutely well it's almost like i mean necessary. not to not to make it dark but it's almost like jumping to chemo where where you're like well you know i understand there's a, a role for that when you get to a certain point and it's it's definitely worth doing and it can have an impact but like wow that's gonna throw a lot of things out of whack right and you're you know it's it's not obviously not exactly the same, but you know, chemo is a way of grossly poisoning parts of your body and hoping that it kills off the thing that you're trying to kill. Yeah, but you know what? You got you got to start taking that culturel, buddy. Man, culturel. I've said it before. It's a little gift to give yourself every morning. Culturel. It's a probiotic. I, I, I'm not. I'm not paid. I'm not compensated. I'm not compensated uh, by the cultural people. But I'm just saying. Well, like that, I'll get on it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I <clears throat> I have this uh, this feeling that when we go when we go on the internet to try and find out what's wrong with us, I don't think we're looking for the most plausible thing. Mm. That I think what we're really doing is is looking for whether we have the disease we fear that we deserve. Oh my god. No, I. That's no one. No one. No one wants to say that. No one wants to say that. But you're going like, you know, really. What you're not. You're not saying. Okay, I've got nausea, headache, and lethargy, which I think is a side effect of every drug and almost every illness. Right. No, you're not going in with that. You're going in, going like, oh my god, what terrible choices have I made that are surely leading to a catastrophe for me at this point? Yeah. Because I I deserve. Because I'm a bad person, and I I deserve whatever the worst thing I could have is. Does that resonate? Yeah, no, it, it completely does. And I, I don't know how it is that, you know, I would come up with this, but even, even like this time around, I had, uh, I had a, the fever when the fever was starting. I'm like, it's probably meningitis of some kind. I had to like keep that part of myself in check of like, you know what? It's probably not meningitis. You know, it's right. probably not. And like, there's almost that part of you that's like, you don't want to hope for the best in a way you want to start preparing for the worst. You know, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to say, well, look, if I think it's meningitis and I find out that it's not, then I'm going to be happy about it and relieved. I'll feel good. But if I think that it's just like some kind of sinusy infection type deal and it is meningitis, then I'll be caught off guard. I'll be blindsided by it. And I could have had my ducks in a row or whatever. Your ducks could have been in a row, but now you're a cautionary tale. Right. Because the story you're thinking in your head is the guy who goes, oh, I just have a persistent cough. Right. Right. And then it turns out you got, uh, you got the small cell carcinoma. You don't want that. Uh, right. What is that? My God, this is Should dark. I look that oh, that, up? That's the classic. That's the, that's the classic lung thing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, this is dark. Whew. 
Dan, Dan, yeah. I'm, 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 I've enjoyed our time together. It's, yeah. uh, it's going to be a shame to see you go. I just hope we make it to 50, you know? Are, how close are we? Oh, we could do that. All if right. we start doing a couple, three a day. Yeah. You could that's, do, well, that's we, what you've been, you've been doing recently. It seems like <laughs> you get, let's talk about your shows. Let's it's talk like about Dan's it. make a wish. Yeah. Did you, um, did you, want, did you want to tell me about anything that you like? Yeah. I can tell you about a Squarespace, the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. You know, here's here's what you get. You get Merlin and Dan's dream in 2015. And the dream is, wouldn't it be nice if you could build a website that was beautiful, that worked in every browser, that worked on every device, that it looked beautiful in in ways that uh, that that you can't really think of. And that's what Squarespace has. And here's what I mean by that. You and I, we use a, we use a browser, we use our iPhones, and that's about it. But there are so many people out there using weird devices, things that run something called a Windows. And, you know, like you want them to have a good experience too, especially if you're selling something, especially if you're advertising a product that you're creating a website for your business. You want to attract attention to people who will, uh, who will hire you or buy the thing that you're selling or read the words that you've written. They yeah, it, it needs to it needs to look right. It needs to load fast. Fast. It needs to feel like a professional operation. And you don't want to spend your time building this thing when you're building the other thing. You're building your business. You're building the products that you're trying to sell. Whatever it is, like these days, building a website should not be the thing that holds you back. And more and often than not, I hear people saying, "Oh, well, we're still working on the web." Why are you still working on the website after you've built your product? That's crazy. You don't mm-hmm. have to do that anymore. Squarespace exists so that you don't have to do that anymore. And uh, it starts at eight bucks a month. Millions of people using this. Tons of really great brands using this. Eight dollars a month and you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So you go to squarespace.com slash back to work. All spelled out back to work. And the code to use to get 10% off your first purchase is it's your show. One word. It's your show at squarespace.com slash back to work. Do you have anything you'd like to add to that? No, I mean it's uh, what, what, what do you say? Like, are you some kind of monster? Why are not? Why are you not using <laughs> them? You're yet? not. Yeah, shame on you. It's just you know, it's just it's it's it makes me physically ill as a Buddhist. That there are people as a, as a make believe Buddhist. It, it makes me physically ill that there are people out there that still have not tried Squarespace. Yeah, so I don't really want to talk about it anymore. It's just it's, it's just making me making me so sad. In my heart. In other words, Squarespace <sighs> makes you feel the way I feel. If when mm. you think that people don't use it, I would, I wouldn't put it in that way, mm. but that's a, it's a very good point. Squarespace.com slash back to work. <laughs> Go check it out. Stop making us ill. Do I, do I seem like I'm in a, like loopy? Do I seem weird? Cause I feel like I'm normal. In you, you seem, you seem like you, you Is it just really woke, slow. You seem like you just woke up a little bit. Yeah. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm, but I feel mm-hmm. good. I remember a buddy of mine uh, was telling me how he used to get high at work at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was relating the story. And he's, it was like, one, I guess, some of the earlier times of him getting high at, in general. And uh, he, another guy that he was working with at the grocery store, I guess he was he kept bugging him to like, come on, let's get going. Let's get going. He's like, why? He's like, dude, you've been sitting there looking at that can for 15 minutes. Oh, geez. I kind of feel uh, like I'm in that. Yeah, you've been staring at a can. Yeah. That's a terrible feeling. Yeah. That's one thing I don't miss about the marijuana. Oh, my goodness. How'd you ever get off that after all those years? Mm, all those years uh, of, of token up. Yeah. I was smoking and token and chronic. broken. Broke, uh, the, the chronic. <clears throat> I was uh, with the, that, that, that dill weed. 
It was, um, yeah. it was, was Izzy Chizizzy. Um, <laughs> it was raptacular. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere, literally in San Francisco. Um, so we w- have lots of, uh, WWDC follow up. We get a oh cover. Oh my that. God. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> um, can I, um, briefly promote, um, some of the 60 podcasts that I've been yes. on lately? Yes. Talk about the, no, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep it short. Um, did we talk about the Syracuse thing yet? No, that was not on this show. We talked about the Jim Dalrymple report with Merlin Mann, uh, which I believe had just premiered or recently premiered last yeah. week. Yeah. And the Syracuse yeah, okay, thing so is new. I'll, I'll mention three things uh, quickly. One is uh, something I'm, I'm very excited about that has been, uh, I've been wanting to do for a long time that finally happened, which is that John Syracuse and I are doing a 10-episode uh, starting with a 10-episode uh, podcast called Reconcilable Differences. Uh, that's really not what I expected at all. I, I, as I said in the in the first or second episode, I forget, second episode comes out Thursday. Um, I, I thought it was mostly going to be John just making fun of me about <laughs> how I'm wrong about everything, okay. which certainly comes up. Uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's ended up being very personal. And the, the conceit of the show as it's kind of evolving is uh, trying to figure out how John and I got how we are. Um, you know, looking at each other and ourselves, uh, as, you know, as like a modern nerd, like how, how, how did you get this way? And it's ended up, um, being more personal than I expected, but still, you know, peppered with lots of tech talk and nerd talk and kind of like how we came to love the things we love and how we came to be broken in the way that we are. And, uh, it's right in my wheelhouse, buddy. But, uh, anyhow, um, I think I put that in show notes so you can check out reconcilable differences. I, I, I think it's really enjoyable. I, I, I love the first episode and, but it just keeps getting better. So stay with us for that. We'll be doing an episode a week for these first three weeks and then one every other week. Cause you know, this is for John's first summer in a long time where he doesn't, you know, have to be doing his review. Right. And I want to be respectful of his time and, you know, make sure he can Is that why you're kind of scoping it to 10 or starting with a commitment of 10? John, I don't think John would mind me saying that, that his, um, he, he was really wanted to do this show as well. Uh, I, I think. And, but you know, his, he, he was very straight about it, which is basically he didn't want to do any work and, and wanted me to plan around him. And I was totally fine with that. Right. Although he's still doing a lot of the work. Like he came up with the name and stuff. So anyway, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm really happy with it. And, uh, I would never tell John this, but I'm a, a giant fan of him as a human being. So that's, that's a new thing. Uh, and, and the thing is, the last thing I'm going to say is going to be a pivot to talking about the keynote. <laughs> the second thing came out yesterday. Um, uh, Anthony Johnston, the, uh, the comic writer and English person, uh, has a really, really fun show called Unjustly Maligned, where every week he has someone on to talk about some piece of pop culture that pretty much everybody hates, but this person loves. And, uh, there's a lot of, it's a, a very fun show and it's, it's very civil. You know, you, you can, you, it isn't like nerds yelling at each other. And, uh, he was incredibly gentle with me given that this week's episode is me, um, uh, saying why Zack Snyder's 2009 Watchmen movie is unjustly maligned. And I don't think I pulled it off. Uh, not even nearly. My argument started falling apart in like the first five minutes, but I still really liked the movie. I really liked the episode. I really like Anthony. Um, and uh, whether you're a fan of the comic uh, and or the movie or neither, uh, I think it's really enjoyable. I also just recommend his show in general. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I like that movie. And, and I, I keep finding people, these poor closeted bastards like me who are like scared to say that they like the Watchmen movie because that's the instant mark of being like the Antichrist among nerds. <laughs> Why is that? Oh my God. Well, like people who like it are saying that they didn't, they didn't like it to sort of save face among the people that they believe 
uh, will I feel judge bad them. about it. I mean, I own like three copies of the movie. I really, <laughs> I really like it. I own a book about the movie. Like, I, I think it's a, a really good movie. It's just that, and I, I'm really, I really want to don't make, want to make a straw man out of the people who don't like the movie because there's, it's as in the parlance of our times, problematic. Um, if you uh, ha- have enjoyed the graphic novel, I mean, Alan Moore, I think doesn't want his name on anything anymore. I think. No, <laughs> but, right. <laughs> no, he, he really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny. Like, I don't think he's in V for Vendetta. Um, I guess it's, it's kind of weird. If you write for DC, I guess they're going to want to sell it somewhere. It's kind of an odd thing. Right. But, um, but, uh, no, I mean, the comic, obviously, if you've never read the comic, you know, uh, treat yourself. It's, it's one of those things that the Watchmen comic is a little bit like the Mona Lisa at this point, um, where it's, it's difficult to understand the impact that it has had. Uh, but, you know, if you think about when it came out and what it's about and how it treats its topics, and it, it kind of changed the game in a lot of ways uh, for, for mainstream comics. And I, I really recommend, you know, you can pick it up and, and read it through the first time in a, in a few hours, but you'll return to it and you'll get stuff. Have you, have you ever read it? Uh, yes, we, I have read the, the Watchmen. I've not read the book about the Watchmen. And <laughs> That's I okay. That's seen okay. The movie. Um, no, I mean, like, you know, it always must be said primarily, just so you don't get, you know, get beanie caps thrown at you from the internet. Uh, it, it really, it is a, a very special comic in a lot of ways. Uh, and especially if you can put yourself back in, in the mid to late eighties, uh, when it came out, it's, uh, it's, it's really amazing, but I do think, I do think the movie's really enjoyable. Anyway, you can hear me make my, my flimsy case for that. Um, I, I'm not, I, you know, what's no funny? I, I have to, I have to share something with you yes, that, please. that, uh, for, for, uh, astute listeners and, and, uh, followers of Merlin man, if you ever want to know what Merlin is, is thinking about, or perhaps working on... Oh, all, oh you're going to tell him the secret, the secret place. Well, y- yes. Uh, There's one uh, secret place you can always see what's on my mind. What, what's, on, what's, on, what's on my mind, Grapes? Yes, you go to uh, Kung Fu Grip, G-R-I-P-P-E, which is Kung Fu Gripe, dot com. You'll see. So many people think that's how it's pronounced now. I am glad. I want to. I want to get this going. You will. This you, is this is your this is your artisanal. You've ruined my website. Yes, you will see really really great pictures of Merlin's kid, cool things. But if you look, if you if you peel the layers off uh, one at a time, take off you, take off all the onions. Yes, you will see all of a sudden like there's there's and it, and the trick is. literally hiding in plain sight yes if you see just one photo of something you can let it go Mm -hmm, but -hmm. if you see two pictures or images of something then you know this is and i will i'm doing my little air quotes on merlin's mind Mm. but if there's something that's on merlin's mind what that actually means is he's working on something relating to that so that wow. might mean he's preparing for a guesting on the incomparable. It might mean he's going to be talking about whatever that thing is on a, on a show. It might, and this is the part that threw me off for a while. Sometimes after we talk about something, I would see it appear on there a little bit later, but then it usually falls into the one, maybe two. But if you see three photos of something, you will be right. talking about that on a podcast. That's that's an amazing insight. Go back in the time. Go well, back in the time. I don't. I'll, I'll reveal something about my onion. I don't <laughs> like. There's something that I used to do. And listen, you guys, I love you. I, I but I don't like when people do this where they go, "Oh, exciting news! I can't tell you anything right now." And it's like, oh, oh shut that's up. the worst. I hate it's that. Like, 
I get it. You're excited, but like you know, now of course everybody's going to go. What is it? Is it a thing? Are you on Mac break again? No, like it's what? No, no. It's just I'm. Yeah. So like sometimes I'll do that. So if you see uh, several pictures of a giant blue guy with a uh, with a big dong, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I got watchmen on my mind. Yeah. So I think it started. I'm um, looking at it uh, right now. <laughs> two two days ago. <laughs> there's a picture good evening dr manhattan and that is actually and here's the real if you want to read the real i don't know if i should if have i, I should made keep, it my ipad background. yes if you've made it your ipad or iphone background then you'd know definitively something oh, big man. is gonna happen you really this. you nailed this one to the wall no man, man. I, well i read this i read the site not in a creepy way it's just right you can tell when i like my daughter too Right, like there's different phases. Is your phone background uh, mm, Dark Phoenix Hawkeye, or Hawkeye, yeah, or is it your right. daughter? You can tell, like, if she's been, you know, really great that week. Well, she's found a way to to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Kids are not always interesting. Let's be honest. She picked she picked out uh, World War Hulk to read on the train last night. I saw. I again, I saw the photo of. My of God, her that comic that. is good. Mm-hmm. It's so the, those two comics. You know what? We should put that in show notes. We should put that in show notes. You you get you get the Planet Hulk. And then you read you read the World War Hulk. Someday I'm going to meet that Greg Pak, and I'm going to tell him I think he's great. I met him, and I told him he was great, and he signed a couple comic books for my I kid. I know, I know. Everybody knows Greg Pak, but me. It's really super frustrating. I imagine him to be more like a samurai in appearance. Mm. But he wasn't. Just a regular guy. Have you met Dave Marquez? He's probably seen him around town, uh, right? Yeah, I met him too. Yeah, I met him at uh, Austin Comic Con a couple years he's back. Got a, he's got a big new thing happening. Did you see what he's doing? Oh, he's doing uh, Invincible Iron, Iron, Iron Man, Man with yeah. uh, BMB. Yeah. Love the art on that cover. Loving oh, that suit. It look, he looks like a knight. I love his style. I, I, his uh, Captain Marvel stuff is great too. Um, uh, yes, and it, so if I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost strictly forbidden from talking about what has or has not been recorded for the Reconcilable Differences mm-hmm. program, mm-hmm. but I'll just say in the next couple of weeks you might want to sit down and watch. Uh, uh, you know, uh, watch Mankind versus The Undertaker in uh, Hell in a Cell in 1998. Oh, wow. Because it, it is arguably probably the most important sports event of the 20th century. Nice. You ever watch that? No. I never made you watch Hell in a Cell? No. I watched Hitler's Bodyguard. Or as John thought I was saying, Helena Cell. Um, it's a very, very important document. If you think you understand pro wrestling and you've written it off or not, you need to sit down and spend some time. We'll put that in show notes too. Uh, and, and you need to watch you some Hell in a Cell. It's uh, it's really something. So finally, um, and this is a pivot. This is a pre-pivot. Mm-hmm. Is this okay? Is everything all right? No, I feel. What did I do? No, you sound. You sound like you're doing better. Like literally on the air, you're getting better in real time. That's better than the last time where I was getting worse. The whole show, right? You think your 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 Hodgman's disease is going away? I think John Hodgman is leaving my body finally. That's 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 that pain. Pain is the sound of John Hodgman leaving your body. <laughs> I don't know. I feel I feel the same. <laughs> I feel all. like it. Like I woke up this morning, and here's another reason why I think I'm I'm fine and not going to the doctor. Is when I woke up this morning, two things happened. Uh, three things. First, I noticed is my head felt less congested. Number one. Number mm-hmm. two. When I sat up in bed, uh, I coughed, which means it's moving out finally out of just being in my head into my chest and then it's in uh, in transit expunged into the world Mm. and then three while i was just sort of staring at myself in the mirror uh like a zombie my left ear for the first time in several days it like and i and Mm. i could hear out of my left ear and the left side of my face kind of equalized if that makes sense yeah no i I totally and the funny part about near pop 
is until the ear pops, you didn't, you may not have realized how how uh, how jammed up it was. Usually, you can't. This time, I could because I couldn't hear anything for several days out of my left ear, so I could this time tell. That's that's a great movie. Um, my left ear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do I? What have I already promised to add? I promised to add hell in a cell. I'm starting to wonder if Chrome is part of my Skype problem. I have gotten rid of Chrome. I like Chrome better. I've gotten rid of it. I'm 100% Safari now. And I did Mm. watch the keynote in Safari uh, yesterday. (laughs) I actually have to say, in retrospect, one of the best keynotes I've ever seen, but not for the reasons Apple wanted. Oh, it was... was, uh, two-thirds to three-quarters of one of the best keynotes ever. Um... Uh, so Helen Cell. Oh, oh, did you did you see the season finale of Adventure Time? Oh my gosh, that happened! Did it happen while I was? Uh... It was a two parter last Friday. And no, I, I missed it, it. I, I watched it three times. It's great. Uh, like like I like I ejaculated on Twitter. It's not mm. for noobs, but like if you like that show, I really <laughs> recommend making sure you catch it. It's that show is so special. It's so it's so weird. Like there'll there'll be weeks to go by where I'm like, oh, that was fun. That was good. Like there, are, each one is kind of its own little wackadoodle episode. But yeah. then, boy, sometimes it just it just really. I mean that that those two episodes is like a fever dream. So good, so good. Uh, Helena Cell, Adventure Time, and then finally, you know, I got this new show with Jim uh, Jim Dalrymple called The Dalrymple Report. The uh, third episode of that came out uh, last night. We fixed the audio, so now the third episode should be re out today. But um, you know, what we talked about in that, and this here's the pre pivot is we talked about we recorded it last week because we're super smart pundits and mm. we talked a little bit about what might be happening at the Dub Dub. Um, boy, that's annoying when people say that. Uh, and you know, I was kind of speculating. We were, he wanted to talk about cord cutting, so we talked about cord cutting, and we ended up talking about the Apple TV. I think it's a pretty interesting, interesting discussion. As usual, I dominate the conversation in a super annoying way, but I got out a lot of thoughts that have been kind of banging around beyond just, wow, why doesn't my Apple TV work? To like what, what the future uh, might hold for Apple at the point they decide that the Apple TV is limited by being called the Apple TV. I'm very interested in what that future looks like. And like, if you enjoy like like Merlin, uh, if if you improbably enjoy Merlin's circa two thousand six punditry, you're, you're gonna you're gonna eat this with a big apple spoon. Because I, I I go happy go jappy on that. Nice. That's crazy. Unleashed. Yeah. No. Merlin unleashed. Unleashed. Unleashed in the east. The green manalishi with the with the purple toke on. Canada. Yeah. Yes. But I, many I will. Of the great uh, live, many of the great live albums were not really live. Do you know that? Live in what sense? Like Peter Frampton mm, live? Three of the most famous live hard rock albums were kind of not really that live. Explain this. This is weird. Well, Judas Priest, Unleashed in the East. Okay. T- tons of overdubs. Uh, Kiss Alive, very famously, not super live. Uh, Scorpions. Scorpions, uh, live Scorpions record from the mid 80s. Not, not super live. When you say now, not super live, what does that mean? Well, in some cases, I mean, it, it emerged, I think, turns out, in the last couple of years that even uh, the last waltz was like, had whole, almost whole songs re-recorded. I mean, you know, uh, Robbie Robertson is, you know, he's, he's, he's really good, but he can be super sloppy and a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, uh, and so I think like huge amounts of his stuff and some other stuff on the last waltz are basically re-recorded in the studio. Uh, when you say re-recorded, are you saying that he take he takes the song itself as it was, mixed down, and then says, "Oh, the, my guitars were sloppy. I'm going to re-record the guitars, but everything else stays." That's the that's the challenging part. I mean, I think there there's I think it's it's fair to say that every live album you've ever heard 
pretty much. I mean, if you had Frank Zappa's you know, sound recording truck. You could pull it up outside and record to a state-of-the-art studio in a truck. You could probably get some pretty good stuff. Then you go back, you sweeten it up, you know, you you engineer and produce it to make it the way you want. There's always that artifice of editing and, you know, all those kinds of things. You're going to get the best take from these multiple nights and stuff like that. That's all, you know, understandable. Then I think the next level up is you do things like you realistically redo the guitar solo to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I think there are, I don't want to say it cause I don't want to get in trouble, but like, I think there are some albums that are, are virtually not live at all. And it's just, it gets piped in. So you, so complete, a complete, uh, fraud reboot, fraud boot. Yeah. I think it happens. You know, we shouldn't get into that, but anyway, that's, I've been on podcasts. I've been trying to do more things. Um, keeping busy. Keep keeping busy, recording, uh, packet loss, mm-hmm. whole nine. Uh, where are we? Do, do, do you want to tell me before we go into, I, I would like to talk a little bit about the keynote. I'm going to try too. and be restrained, but uh, I, I think it's worth talking about what an interesting, weird keynote that was. Why, well, let me, uh, uh, whoa. No, no, go ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why would you be restrained? Um, because the part that made it most memorable uh, I, I think there's a reason the Apple Music part was so bad, and I want to talk about some reasons why that was probably so bad because I think it's it's an interesting topic. But I mean, like you know, the Bill Hader movie at the beginning was funny. Like the the OS 10 stuff, not super eventful. The iPad changes, my God, hmm. it's crazy what you can do on an iPad now. It's super interesting, much better. Um, the Watch OS stuff, I don't have a super strong feeling. I don't have an Apple Watch, but like I I get that that's a kind of a big deal. But it was a very, uh, it was a really mixed bag. And it was funny though, because I mean, you know, when you're watching along with the keynote, like even as much as you want to keep your distance, there is a little bit of reality distortion field. You want to see it be great. You want to have it be awesome. You want the people who come up to be funny and, and entertaining. And you want to see something that really blows your doors off. Like this is, you know, it's, it's Christmas day for Apple nerds when, when, you, when you see these keynotes. And, uh, but that last part, man, there's, I think it's, <laughs> I really, I felt like I was losing my mind. Uh, was it was really, it was really, really bad. Uh, I, yeah. I won't. To, no, what? Talk uh, about it. You want to talk about it now? Or you want to talk about something you like? Uh, let me tell you about something I like. While I, while I still can. Mm-hmm. Citrix mm-hmm. go to meeting. So I want you guys to just, as you, as you hear me do this read, I want you to close your eyes. Not if you're driving. Think about mm-hmm. the time, the money, and the hassle that it takes to, to hold a meeting, to, bring human beings together to talk about something that nine times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10, if that's possible, doesn't really require everybody sitting there in the same room because what you really want to do, like you want to be able to see each other. Sure. You want to hear each other. Absolutely. Maybe you want to share. Oh, look, here's, here's some, let's talk to the slides. Let's talk to the slides. (laughs) You want to be able to talk to the slides. You want to be able to share these visual concepts, maybe share, show someone your screen, turn your computer on. Look, look at the screen. Merlin, look at my screen. Wow. How do you do that? If you're not in the same room, you do that with Citrix GoToMeeting. They make it easy to meet with a team, whether it's your, your team, client presentations. Sure. I suppose someone could use this. I could do, you know what? If I was a really good lawyer, I could do a, an entire legal, I could launch a defense over Citrix GoToMeeting. Why not? You see what I'm saying? I can't, I'm not going to tell you what to use this for. Mm-hmm. Use this for what you think you want to use it for. I'm not here to tell you how to use it. I'm here to tell you what it can do for you. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, you can meet from any computer, tablet, smartphone with no travel expenses, with no traffic, right? It all just happens, no sign-up weirdness. You don't even have to sign up. The whole team, everyone just clicks a link and they're in there. HD quality, point your webcam at yourself and let them see how attractive you are. Put up a, you know, a really pretty background, make it look like you're in Jamaica or something. Be like, I'm in Jamaica, but I'm still here for the meeting. Really, you're just in your crap apartment, you know. New York, Brooklyn, whatever. I don't care. Go to meeting. Everyone sees what you're seeing, so your team can get on the same page and get going. And I would like, I would to, listen. Just, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm the traveler in that uh, Wesley Crusher episode of uh, Star Trek TNG, where like if you believe strongly enough in the traveler, that he will gain, he'll gain power, like uh, Saint Nick. So I would like. This is how you can heal me. Go to go to meeting. Try it for 30 days. It's gotomeeting.com. There's a try it free button. You click that and then you have your first meeting in like minutes. You don't even have to, you can wait till the next time you have a meeting. You say, oh, you know what? I had to meet with these two people. I don't want to drive over there. Boom. Gotomeeting.com. Try it free, 30 day free trial. Go check it out. Thanks very much to Gotomeeting for making this show uh, possible. Bok, bok. My goodness. There was a point there where you were just saying words. That's what you're doing. You're doing that. Well, think about that episode. That episode left, uh, you know, I had strong feelings about that one. Sure, sure, the sure. The most strange, bizarre episode. Uh, and, and, you know, people always say Wesley Crusher ruined Star Trek Next Generation. They always, they always say that? A lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed those episodes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of unjustly maligned, I should be on that show to talk about Wesley Crusher. That's a great idea. Um, Keynotes. Hmm. I mean, okay, so... Hey, so, there was no um, weird streaming problems this time, so we got to give him credit for that. God, I kind of wish there were. There, there, was, there was a point. It was just, it was so... And see, here's the problem. Is what I'm trying to avoid doing is piling on. I piled on plenty yesterday on the Twitter because I was sitting there and watching it in real time and going, like, I can't believe what I'm watching. This is so weird. So what we're talking about is the, the key, WWDC Keynote 2015, uh, June 8th, 2015. And, uh, I, you know, I, it, it started out really great and it really f- felt like, uh, they're, they're very confident. They have some good stuff to show. <laughs> there was, there was, a. it's sometimes, you know, it's funny. Apple will like introduce something kind of, um, quietly at one point and then kind of reintroduce it again later. And it's sometimes it's hard to know like which new stuff you're seeing, but there were parts in the OS 10 presentation where I was like, this seems like stuff that's been here for like a five years. <laughs> What, you can move a window to another window? Can you already do that? <laughs> but, I, you know, I think, I think the thing that they didn't want to say, okay, here's anything. If there's anything that I think was pretty flawed overall was that I, there were lots of times where I felt like as an Apple watcher, you had to basically glean that there was a one sentence message to almost every major section of the presentation, but they couldn't say what that one sentence was. So with OS X, I think what they should have said is, this is Snow Leopard. Like this is a uh, an right. improvement. Right, like right. you have to like uh, Jason and Mike were talking about this on on um, upgrade. You know, for example, the, the choosing uh, the choice of El Capitan, really odd name for an operating system, but El Capitan is actually inside of Yosemite. Ha ha ha! Get that joke. This is a uh, we're just refining mm-hmm. Yosemite in many ways. Which is, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know you can't just say that. You got uh, you know, thousands of people in the audience. But you're, what you really want to say is, hey, we've really worked on stability and sanding off the rough edges. But instead, that you have this long presentation and like all this. Look at that. The cursor gets big. It's like what? That's like shareware from 1999. Like, what are you doing? That's so strange. Anyway, um, 
I think that was the, but the iOS stuff was pretty interesting. The proof will be in the pudding with that. Is it okay that we're talking about computers? I think, you know, I think that's what the show is about mostly. Ugh, God, I hope not. But, um, I mean, the iPad, the iPad stuff I think is, is pretty interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, they announced things like the split view, this ability to like basically, uh, you know, see two apps at once and interact with two apps at once and, Literally interact, as in like drag a link from this side of the screen in Safari to this side of the screen in Notes. Um, Notes getting huge, huge expansions, uh, kind of eating into the sort of Evernote Vesper uh, feature set. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting stuff. The introduction of what I guess I would call cards, you know, I guess in the parlance, you know, you drop a link in, you get this cool little card of, you know, about the page. I thought all that was interesting. The stuff that they're doing with the iPad keyboard is bananas, I think. I mean, as somebody who loves using an iPad... Are you have been doing, a hard... Like, you, you love the iPad, and you are one of those people who very much, like, anything more you can do with the keyboard, you're, like, on board with that. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, because you're, you are a, a junkie when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to, like, shortcuts and hacking, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I yeah, I think so. I think that if, if there's something that I do a lot, I want a faster and easier way to do it. It would be one way to put it. I don't I don't just enjoy hacking for hacking's sake. Uh not like I used to. But if there is a a way that takes a lot of that, I mean, for example, something like one thing I really love in iOS 8, I've talked about this in other places, uh, I think on maybe Mac Power users. But like to me, one of the huge marquee features in iOS 8 is the extensions. Um and especially the extensions that do something really novel. So like I, I use an app on iOS called Drafts. I like quite a lot. And the Drafts extension, you can set it up to be, how do you describe this? Basically in Drafts, you can say like you can develop a template. So if you're on a web page, for example, if I hit the Drafts extension, it pops up in a little whatever interstitial or whatever it's called, where the name of the page and the link are in Markdown. And whatever I had selected on the page is a Markdown quote. Mm-hmm. I hit capture this and that saves the drafts I don't even have to copy anything it just grabs all that and throws it into drafts for me right so things like that I, I use things like that so much it's more than just going like or you know for example just like instapaper like the fact that the little up arrow everywhere means I can send practically anything to instapaper from everywhere something I can't do on on the Mac easily right now without a bookmarklet I, I love that um so what was my point about the, oh yeah, so anything that makes it easier. But yeah, the iPad, like, you know, it, they're, they've gotten so powerful. I think they'll keep getting so powerful. People kind of, I think, want to like, you know, just because the iPhone has been such a, like a ridiculous and probably huge success, it makes the iPad seem slightly diminished. But like, I still think there's a huge role for the iPad. The iPad is like what I would prefer to use for almost everything, except where I can't. Like if I'm going to type a lot of stuff, yeah, you know, I'd rather be on a keyboard on the Mac. But uh, that, I, I'm very interested in where they're going with that. They're going to have to put a lot more horsepower into into future iPads, which is you know, again, some of the features gives- I remember noticing. I think it was the one that had to do with running two apps split screen a certain way. Was- That's iPad Air two only, right? Right, iPad Air two only. Yeah. But then again, to, to quickly, another thing that I, I'm very happy about though is the fact that nine will run on everything back to an iPad two. I know. That's that's so. I mean, and and presumably one hopes that you know, run efficiently. Whereas you know, eight is not so, not so perky on an iPad two right now. But I thought all that stuff was really interesting, and you know, and I, I, we're all along for the ride. The watchOS stuff, I don't know. 
the, the whole watch still really feels like, you know, is this fish, fish or fowl? Like we're still, it, it really almost feels like, boy, forgive me, almost like Google Glass where like it's a public experiment really. What people end up doing with the watch could end up being so different from how people thought they were going to use it. And I think it's going to be at least a year before we see what that really is awesome at for yeah. people who aren't just buying whatever Apple puts out. Um, and even people who love the app will privately tell or love the uh, device will publicly, excuse me, privately tell you, you don't really have to have this. This isn't like even an iPad. It's, it's cool and it's fun, but it's kind of frustrating and kind of limited, a little bit hard to use. If you wear it long enough, you come to really like it. I'm not, I'm not sure from like a logical standpoint, like how useful that is to a consumer. Like if you use this expensive thing enough, you'll like it. But I, I bet you in one or two years. I mean, obviously, some of this stuff, putting, uh, offloading some of the logic, the app logic onto the watch is a huge leap forward from my point of view. It's just, you know, it's just, it's weird because like I, I started wearing my Fitbit again, um, my Fitbit Flex. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's incredibly limited in a lot of ways, but it's pretty good at doing what it's supposed to do. It doesn't try to read my heartbeat. So I'm not disappointed that it didn't read my heartbeat. It's not trying to count my calories. It's not trying to tell me when to stand up. It's just that, you know, the Apple Watch right now is, is such a 1.0 that I think people, I think when people use it, I suspect they're already feeling what it's going to turn into, as well as enjoying what it does now. But, you know, you still need your phone, you know, it's not really its own thing yet. But, uh, you know, I, I think it'll, you know, look at, look at the early iPod, look at the early uh, MacBook Airs, look at any of those early devices, look at, look at the iPhone before co- copy and paste. You know, it's a 1.0. So anyway, well, it'll be interesting to see what people make. It's just that, you know, when I hear my friends talking about it, often privately, their feeling is that, wow, the apps are not that great. Uh, and I, there are a lot of them that I really don't need. And even the ones that are really good right now are really good in spite of Apple's limitations, not <laughs> because of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, I do not own an Apple Watch. I have used them. I have seen people using them. Um, you know, I, one, one article that I was reading and I forget, I, I don't want to say who it was. I know that Dr. Drang had posted something about the keynote and then there was somebody else who was talking about like that. And I, I don't know if it was Benedict Evans. I forget who it was. I'm sorry. Uh, but they were making a really interesting point about the watch and that, you know, of course we all remember when the iPhone first came out, of course there were no apps for it. They wanted to have the big announcement and say, here it is. And this is the way it is. What they were saying is, wouldn't it have been better if this watch had come out mm-hmm. only Apple apps on it. And then a period of time later, perhaps yesterday, they would have said, guess what? Now you got now, have, since you've all had the watch for a little while and you've seen our really, really great apps that just work. Uh, you've seen all of that. Now we're going to give you the complete toolkit so that you can now build apps the way that we have built apps for this watch. Instead of having multiple generations of apps coming out that don't really do what you necessarily wanted them to do. And so many people building something that they thought would work and realizing not the best app developers well, I mean, out to, to there. To clarify, building those apps in the absence of the device that it would it's run crazy. on. That's really, really, especially when it comes to Apple, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty long shot. It really, really is. It's crazy. It's actually kind of crazy. And, you know, if, if, if the answer had been no, just flat out, no, you can't do that yet. You will be able to do it soon. Go get the watch and enjoy it. And then you'll know what the watch can and can't do. And you can follow our example. And then a couple months later, like, Hey, here's the tools that you need. I bet you've been working real hard at trying to prototype it. Haven't you? Well, now, now you can actually build these great apps yourself. 
that would have been kind of cool, I think. And I don't know. It's it, we're just in such a weird time because any time that I read that uh, about or read a review or watch a review of people who are using their watch, I I, I will be uh, completely honest and say I think the watch looks pretty cool. I think it seems uh, like a pretty cool, fun thing. Um, it definitely sounds like there are a number of things that it will do that will save some time, uh, or 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 something like that. But there. It, my question, and I'm, I've been hearing answers when I've asked this to people, but my question in general about the watch is, what does it bring to your life that wasn't there already, kind of in one form or another? I could, I could spend the next three hours telling you the number of ways that the iPhone has positively changed uh, my life and things that it can do. And uh, we could, I could spend 30 minutes talking about how awesome it is to have like maps and Yelp on my phone and open table like that combination of three apps right there. Like mm -hmm. th that right there changed my life in a, in, in such a fundamental way, having a map that always works. It's always on, you know, just, just starting with ways as an example, like I could significantly change my life. Now I'm not going to say that there aren't benefits to the watch or conveniences, but it's not like if you, it, it's not like it does, it will do for a person what, uh, what an iPhone has done for many, many people or what an iPad has done for you, for example, because I know like you're crazy on your iPad. You have it. You just said you prefer to use it almost for everything. There are lots of people like that. You could say that it changed your life in a lot of ways. I'm sure there are people who might uh, one day feel that way about the watch, but it like that's the kind of that's where Apple wants you to be thinking about it. This great personal connected thing. I, I, I just I don't see it. And, you know, I ordered before the Apple Watch was announced, I had pre-ordered one of those uh, Pebble Time mm -hmm. watches um, because I liked the first Pebble. I like the company. I think it's kind of fun. Uh, I like the idea of having a watch that, that looks like an 8-bit video game. That's kind of cool to, to me and my kid. And I thought that that would be neat. I ordered it. It showed up uh, yesterday. It has the absolute worst display I've ever seen in one of these <laughs> devices. Like the first display, the first generation of the Pebble Time uh, it, or the pebble, just the regular pebble. I mean, it was fine. It was like, it looked like an LCD type screen and it looked good in the sun and it looked good in the office. This one is almost illegible unless you have it like in direct light. It's, it's terrible. I'm sending it back. I can't mm. even, I can't even spend a couple hours using it enough to really test it. Maybe I got a dud. I don't think so. Cause other people who I know have said the same thing. Uh, but the one thing that I'm, the reason I mention that and the reason I bring it up is because the same feeling that I had when I thought about getting an Apple Watch uh, when I saw that box with the Pebble in it in my, in my mailbox here, I felt a little disappointed. I felt a little sad. And the mm -hmm. reason that I felt sad is I have a, a mundane watch. Really cool watch that, that I love. And I haven't had it all that long. I've had it for like a month. I love it. I love wearing it. And I felt a little sad, like, oh... I'm not going to wear the watch that I really like to wear. I'm going to have to wear, I'm going to have to wear this gadget on my wrist when all I really mm -hmm. want to do is get away from gadgets. Uh, and, and, and now I'm going to have to wear this gadget. I'm not really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. And that was the same thing that when I put in that order for the, uh, for the Apple watch, it was the same exact thing. I was like, I guess I got to order this to talk about it, but I don't really want to wear this thing. And I know that I'm weird among our listeners. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. 
Um, anyway, not to derail from the WWDC. No, talk, no, but I, but I think you're, you're bringing up you're bringing up something interesting. That's uh, you know in the in the world of Apple criminology, you're talking about something very interesting. I think. Well, first of all, in terms of the context for launching the Apple Watch, um, uh, you know, I think Apple was in a pretty difficult position. Not because they're going to go under if they don't make a watch, like whatever. But I think they were in a weird position of having this untested uh, device that is highly desirable and demanded by a minority of people and and arguably I'm going to still say a big question mark to almost everybody else right so so on the one hand they have to balance the fact that a lot of people would love to have this thing in some state when we'll get to that in a second versus the number of people who are like I'm not sure why so wait I got to buy I got to buy uh, a new phone and I need to buy a watch like I'm looking at spending at least a grand here to have a watch um so there, that was difficult. On the other hand, I think, or, or further to that point, I think they're also in an awkward position because they're Apple. They're really, they're, I mean, the, Apple, people have big expectations from Apple. So on the one hand, they would not want to go out without apps on there because look at all the, you know, look at all the, the flack they got in 2007. Look at how much, that's when the phone really blossomed is when it got apps, you know. But, I, you know, in, in terms of Monday morning quarterbacking, I think you might be right. I think people might be right. I mean, in the long run, it might have been better to put it out with a few apps on it that people would use, you mm-hmm. know, this, this typical stocks and weather and kind of junk, just to have people get used to the idea of like, here's how you use this. This is what this is for. But I bet they had a lot of difficult meetings um, and back and forth about what that right combination would be. Because having the, uh, the watch come out without apps on it is going to be super disappointing to all of those people in that minority who are demanding the Apple Watch, whatever that is. Whereas it doesn't, it doesn't, the problem is though also, it doesn't go that much further to make it clear. The question mark has still been there since the earliest announcements and, you know, rumors. The giant question mark still is like, what, what is this really like for? So here's the pivot. Um, you think about now, you mentioned, and I, I agree that like how much I use my iPhone. I use my iPhone like, and you know, consequently my iPad so much more than I ever would have expected. But it did take several years of having it around before my mind started to change, before the apps started to de- develop and, and uh, the app store, you know, prospered. And it took a lot, it did take time. But what is, what is the thing in common between these things? And this is super obvious to everybody, but let's go back to the joke where I was making earlier. Um, you know, the three devices in one. It's a, it's a phone, it's an internet communicator. Um, but in order to put that out in 2007, this, you know, arguably one of the most, probably the most, one of the most revolutionary devices of the last 25 years. Did they call it the e-explorer? Mm. Right? Did, did they call it the, the, the hand web? <laughs> Did, did you know? Did they call it you know the Apple Connectinator? Right. No, they called it a phone because they had to call it a phone mm-hmm. because it, in the same way that the Grays know that we are not ready to see them at the mall. Right. I think Steve Jobs and company knew that in order to get this the device that they wanted into people's hands, they had to call it something that people would understand. People are not going to go out and buy the e-communicator uh, for seven hundred dollars, but there's a pretty good chance nobody loves their phone, <laughs> so people are much more likely to get this iPhone. And now today, I mean, let's, let's make the even more obvious joke. How much of the time that you spend with your iPhone are you talking on the phone? It's pretty much the last thing that I want to do on my phone. And when I do, do it on the iPhone, it might be with FaceTime or, or you know, it, it could be I'd rather message. But there's no way even Apple could know how that would turn out in 2007. It took that time. But ultimately, I think it took calling it an iPhone to make it something people would, in the mainstream, would even look at. 
So you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. I think they have to call it the Apple Watch. They have to call it the something watch because it's a device that goes on your wrist and does stuff. Right. Well, it fails utterly at the most basic thing, which is like being a watch that's on all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, in the same way that like you were really limited, you could only, was it only AT&T you get on the iPhone initially? There was, it was yep, real hobbled yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, by our and standards it was slow today. and everything else. It couldn't copy and paste. Right. Um, but now, so anyway, that was kind of drawn out, but I, I get that part of it. I, I get that this will evolve. Um, I mean, again, think about the iPod. You had to have this big brick with a FireWire cable and connect it to your uh, Mac in order to, not your Windows machine initially, but to your Mac with iTunes to put stuff on there, which, you know, that's, wow, that seems kind of like that's a, that's a lot, of, uh, lot of compromises to make for something that costs that much. But that evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved and things changed and prospered and time passes and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I, uh, I could see how the, the watch is, is going to be a great thing. It's just we kind of don't know why it'll be great yet. And so that's why I tend to push back, partly because I'm a contrarian, but I tend to push back when people are only looking to highlight the things that make them feel good about having made that purchase mm-hmm. rather than looking at it for what it is right now. Um, you know what? I, I was out and about last night for some WWDC stuff and saw a bunch of watches for the second time now I've seen a watch in person. Yeah. And they're, they are beautiful. They're beautiful. But it's not really a watch. Right now, it's, it's, a, it's an accessory for your phone that does a few things. And if you're willing to accept that and, uh, and all that it entails, <laughs> um, it, it can be a great and enjoyable thing. My, my gut is that in two years, it, it could be a game changer. But you know we'll have to wait and see. And we'll have to see how else the rest of the ecosystem evolves, right? As people start using desktop computers less and for different things, people start using their iPhones more. Like, who knows what's going to come up? Could you have guessed in 2007 how many people would be using Facebook? on their phone like or instagram which didn't exist yet right like we don't know what's going to be made for that that's going to change the way what people even expect of it right right and i think for a lot of people an app like facebook or instagram is a big part of what they're doing on their iphone it's a big part of why they carry their iphone with them you know it's uh, there there are those uh, that the websites that are like, this is, you know, this is a screenshot of my phone of basically the, you know, the home screen of my phone. This is a screenshot of it. And at first, the idea that those sites exist is, is kind of humorous to me, but I, I enjoy looking at them. It's a neat window into seeing how somebody perhaps that you admire kind of works or thinks or organizes things. But more times than not, like I'm always astonished at how few people actually have the phone app in a in what I would call an accessible place. If it's even on the primary screen, it's like <laughs> way up at the top left. Usually it's buried on a secondary screen. And these are people who kind of walk around with the fact that it's not there almost like as a badge of honor. Like, I don't I don't make <laughs> phone calls, you know. I make tons and tons of phone calls, probably because I'm dealing with sponsors all the time, but if you guys listening haven't figured this out, I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy talking with people. I enjoy listening to people talk. I, if I was given a choice between a message, you know, like a text, an IM, uh, an email, or a, a voice conversation, it, it, it's, it's no contest every time, except if I have like a fever in bed, every time I would rather have a phone call. 
That's mm-hmm. it. Like I would rather talk to a person. It's so much more efficient for certain things. I wish more people would accept that. None of us love phone calls as much as we used to. Maybe, yeah. but like it is so the fastest way to just settle something sometimes, especially when with more than one person. You know, like if you're, if, I can definitely see. Like I was today, I was running a few minutes late getting in. I quick text you. I was like, I'm running a few minutes late. You're like, let's go to 11:30. Thanks, man. Like that's perfect for text, but like that's not really conveying a concept or trying to communicate with somebody. And you can get a whole lot done in an email, but I think the reason why so many, you know, nerds like us do like emails is because a lot of, uh, a lot of folks are, I don't want to say they're socially, um, awkward per se, but, but it's easier for them to compose their thoughts in the quiet time of their mind in a way. Well, and it's also, you can compress a lot of information into text, Yeah, uh, but you don't get the tonality. Right. You don't get the emotion, you don't get but, the tonality. And those things are super important. I, I dis- I've discovered in the last probably two, three years, something I thought I invented, but I guess like calculus, it's something we all kind of realized at the same time. <laughs> Almost everybody I know has a folder somewhere on their phone where they put all of the Apple <laughs> apps that they will either never use or they don't use. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever opened the stocks folder. Never. Uh, not the stocks d- directory. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know I, there's a lot, it really frustrates people that there's certain apps you can't get rid of. But I think, you know, I've got one called uh, Apple Junk where I just put all of the Apple stuff that I don't really uh, need to be, need to see. And, but the, but the, the point, the reason I mentioned that here, first of all, I think that's interesting that like, well, okay, we, we love our Apple phone, but like there's all this stuff we don't want to have to see. Um, but here's, here's the interesting other part of that is like, if you think about it, and this, this is kind of a weird UX thing, but there's like three and a half ways to get, some, get to somebody with, uh, with Apple, uh, oh, iOS apps on your phone. There's one way, which is you can open up an app called phone. And so you open up an app called phone. And you go find the uh, name of the person you want to contact, right? And yep. then you click on their phone number. Yep. Um, another way that you can do that is to open up iMessage and just start composing a message. And it will, obviously, you might just respond to the previous message that's, that's you know, right in there. You could go and click through your folders and go find the contacts app, open that up, and that's the way you, you contact somebody. And then the halfway is the, you want to say three and a half. Then, of course, you could always just use search. So you could just pull down from on your screen, type in the name of the person you want, and it pops right up. Um, but what, it's interesting because if you think about it, I would, I'll, I'll bet you that while people were still getting used to this device, I'll bet they, that with that phone icon in their, in their dock or whatever, especially, I bet, they, I bet people used to mostly just use the phone app. You open the phone app and you call somebody, right? Because that's, that's the model for how you use a, a mobile phone. But then over time, um, you realize you don't, you don't even have to see the phone app. Why, why am I saying this? Because it is, it is, I've got to stop using this word. It's paradigmatically different to think about using a phone to then decide who you want to call. It's very different to go from that to, there's somebody I want to contact. I start with their contact information and then decide what I'm going to do about it. And that's how I operate. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I think that's a little, that's a little bit, that's a little bit different. Um, and it reflects the evolution of how we use this device versus how it was initially presented to us. I think they'll keep calling it an iPhone because it's, you know, the iPhone. Why would you, why would you mess with that? Right. Like for me, it's still, it starts out though, like in my philosophy, it's a phone first. It's still a phone first, even though I don't... Really? You still think of it that way? I totally still think of it that way. I totally still think of it as a phone, even though that's not the primary purpose of it for me most of the time. um, You know, I probably use it as a phone three times a day. I probably check email on it 
more than that, 10 times. I don't know how many times. I use it as a browser. I use maps on it. I'm definitely doing lots of messaging with it. So, uh, But it's still, first and foremost, for me, a phone. And if you were going to say, you know, I know a lot of people who'd be like, oh, gosh, I wish I didn't even have to have that app on there. I would don't even want to get calls. I avoid calls. People in the chat room right now are saying, I'm, I'm a pro wonder yak. I'm a pro at avoiding calls. I don't I don't like doing like I don't ever avoid a call. I, I think a call is a wonderful uh, thing. Most of the time I have, you know, in a typical day, you know, when we have when we have like sponsor calls and stuff, I can have 10 calls in a day. No, it's fine. You know, like that doesn't, it's not a thing for me. A lot of the time, if I want to tell my wife something, I'll call and then that way I get to hear my kids too. I get to talk to them for a minute. That's much better than a text. But rather, you know, how, how are the, what are the kids up to today? It's second day off of, uh, off of school. You know, she doesn't want to text that to me. She's got two kids. She's dealing with two kids. She's not going to text it to me. So I'm just going to be in a black hole all day wondering what's so. But if I call, <laughs> if I call, right. she can be like, here. Here, you know, I hand the phone to the three-year-old and she's going to tell me, you know, what, what she built out of her Legos. And she's, you know, handed to to her brother and he's going to be like, Dad, I just got to play the, you know, this cool game on my iPad and it was awesome. And like, that's five minutes. Am I going to text that? They're going to send, it, a, send it, a photo yeah. of them sitting at, you know, playing with Legos? Like, that's cute, but I'd much rather talk to them for five minutes if I'm going to be gone 10 hours. Screw text. I think it's stupid. Hmm. I mean, that's not a way to communicate. And it's It's crippling. All of these people in the chat room right now talking about how they iMessage with everybody and avoid phone calls, they're crippled people in that sense because I want them to have real uh, relationships. I'm sorry, you can't have a relationship with a human being. It's a, a voice. You can tell I feel strongly about this. A voice conversation it's, it is, it's definitely, is, it's is definitely a step very down different. from an in-person conversation. Yeah. People get yeah. out of your house. I spent seven years working from home with uh, nowhere near enough human contact. And I thought it was great at the time, but it wasn't great. We are social creatures. We're supposed to be with other human beings. We're supposed to see other people, you know, like texting with someone on a computer screen in the dark. Like most of you guys are probably doing like, that's not living see other people. Be it's, with humans, talk, yeah. hear their voices. That's why they're, that's, and listen, maybe, maybe this is, maybe I should be giving the opposite advice because the more that they lose that human contact and stop hearing those voices, the more they want to listen to us talk on the, on our shows <laughs> because we're replacing <laughs> right. that for them. That's why pot, listen, everyone, that's why podcasts are so popular is because we get to be your friends and you feel like you're our friends and we are your friends. And I love meeting you guys in person. Like I, that's the best thing in the world because I like people. And I want to talk to you, you know, like, the, right. you see what I'm saying? But like, I, I, like, I feel like this whole culture, a couple of people in what, jumping back for a minute while, while you and I were talking about like the Apple Watch specific, that kind of thing. There were a bunch of people in, in the chat room who were saying to me, like, well, the, the uh, Apple Watch has changed my life. And so there was a, a couple of people who were saying, you know, like I got one for my wife and uh, and she she used to have the phone in her purse and she would never hear it and she'd never reply. And now like it, it gets her attention because it buzzes and it like she replies. So like that's that's an improvement. And uh, someone else said or maybe the same person. I'm sorry. It scrolled past. But uh, they were saying that like their their dad now uh, sends them 50 messages a day. They hear from their like retired dad. They never heard from him before because he has this watch. It makes it more convenient. So I get that there are these conveniences. Somebody else said that they noticed that they, um, when they get home, they would 
put their phone down and charge it and put it away. And then only like important things would come across on their phone and they're more present and they don't have the compulsion to consistently check their phone. But that's a, I feel like that's a different thing. That's more of a mind state. And maybe this is a tool that helps them uh, get to that mind state, but you know, not ignoring your phone because it's in your purse that's a mental choice. I'm not saying that someone can always have a phone in their back pocket with vibrator that they wouldn't still miss it. But like if, if someone really wants to be in touch, they can do that with a phone. If they really, really want to be in touch, the phone will still do that. I'm not saying that the watch doesn't make it easier, but that particular reason doesn't, I don't think justify a seven, $800 purchase, you know, like right. you can modify your behavior uh, without that, you know, but anyway, also, I, I like conversations. I like people. I like yeah. the human beings. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's complicated and it's different for everybody. There's definitely in, uh, there's a de- definitely some stuff to watch out for in, in the stuff that you're talking about where I, I, I do, I do agree with you that like, well, let me give you some examples. Like for example, like, you know, it's easy to pull out an example, not easy, but it's, it's heartwarming to pull out an example of texting with your retired father that you wouldn't ordinarily talk to. But the other part of that is, um, you know, just because something is easier is better, but it's, it may be better than nothing, but because something becomes more easy, it doesn't mean that we're growing. Is, is, is the difficult part. And one thing I try to think about because I, I struggle with it is that the way that these devices uh, give me a way to intermediate with the way the world comes to me. So starting with stuff again, like we talked about this with Jim on the, on the show, like the TiVo, the TiVo was, was so amazing because oh, for yeah. the first time you go like, I really enjoy TV and I, but I really like the fact that the TV is not the boss of me anymore. And then I get to watch it win and how that I want to where like a lot of us developed really like, um, unconscionably, unsustainably high standards for how much control we should have of, of TV. And you can infer a lot from what I'm leaving out there, but that's, that's how we started to sort of expect entertainment works. Um, I, I, I mean, for myself, like I realize that sometimes when I don't really feel like dealing with other people, I'm really grateful for the devices that keep me, um, they give me control over how I deal with them. So on the one hand, I mean, there may be a call that I don't want to have with somebody, but you know, people still have ways to get at me. Like, you know, I don't, if people who, people who know my phone number are going to message me and that's just a thing. And I just, you got to just kind of deal with that. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not, you know, a ridiculous amount of time. It doesn't come at the moment that you really wish uh, you could do it. You kind of wish it could be at another time, but I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to avoid sounding critical because I don't mean to be, I'm really being critical of myself. But like I, I, I do try to remain a little bit mindful about how much these devices are something I use to keep me separate from feelings in the world um, versus how much it is actually improving, for example, my productivity. Mm-hmm. Like if there's, something, if there's something that's a fact that 10 people just need to know about, email's a pretty good way of doing that. Slack can be a great way of doing that, however you do that. But, but don't fool yourself into thinking that that's the best way to communicate everything. Because what you're not getting, um, you know, in band with those kinds of communications are the tonality that help you understand how the relationships with those people are going. Because the only way that they have to tell you anything is overtly by writing it in a sentence or sending an emoji, I guess. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't mean to sound like an old man in that sense. I, I just mean more in the sense of anybody, like, be aware that the text on that screen is not that person. Like in a million ways, please realize that. No more, I mean, obviously the voice you hear on your phone is not that person either. It's an electronic pulse. But it's, you know, it still is important to remember that 
oh, this sounds so corny, but like it still really does matter to put yourself into situations where you can have one-on-ones or one-on-fives with people uh, on a regular basis because uh, otherwise all that other stuff starts to seem really real. And it's, it is real in its way, but it's not like really real. Like there's, people are annoying. People go to the bathroom. People order wrong. There's all kinds of things about people that are like, that's actually what a person is. A mm. person is not a, the thing that types. Like a person is a, is a, a complicated person, a complicated being with foibles and problems and, and interesting surprises to share with you, which may not always come out through the media that we find most comfortable. It helps us keep things at arm's length. It helps us to control how this stuff goes. But, you know, ask yourself, like, have you said everything you've wanted to say in text to people? Well, I hope not, because that's not the place for it. <laughs> but um, yeah. I guess this got us pretty far off of... Uh, off of uh, we, can go, we can circle back to it because I think it, I think we should. I mean, I think there it will be less and less relevant and interesting in the following weeks that it is right now. But to me, this is just such a, a really interesting topic because it's so rare that a a truly new, without air quotes, new device comes out that we can look at in this way. And I really, you know, the the more I see Apple watches in the world. Uh, or smartwatches in general, the more confident I am that existing watches, Swiss watches, if you will, will continue and will continue to sell and continue to sell well. Uh, it's funny because like, as I get a, a great deal of enjoyment from having an iPhone and a great deal of enjoyment from having an iPad and, and other things like that around. Um, but I also get a great deal of enjoyment at having a really, really nice, and it's not actually it's like a couple hundred dollars nice, which is really nice for me, uh, watch on my wrist that, that I really, every time I look at it, I, I, I like it. You know, I think there are people who feel that about their Apple watch. Uh, I think there are people who really enjoy uh, the, these things that it, that it brings to them, the more immediacy of communicating with someone and a lot of the things that you were just saying, but I, at the same time, like you said 20 minutes ago, we don't really know yet what it's going to be. And that's the, that's actually the interesting thing, because if you look back, even just at our short near-term history, you know, when, when uh, the, the first home computer came out, you know, I, I, I don't think people necessarily were thinking, uh, you know, like uh, the kinds of video games that we would one day have, or the uses in... Uh, you know, in, in like schools for education, I think they were probably thinking more like scientific research and number crunching and maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, like doing data calculations in accounting. Like those were like the obvious or like census. I mean, that's yeah. what the ENIAC or whatever was for, right, you know, right, for doing right. these not large number crunching, but you know, we can only ever, like you're saying though, we can only look at what we're doing right now through the lens of the past. We can guess about the future, but you know, there was a time when, you know, you buy your kid a PC, because you want them to be able to do like word processing. Well, what's word processing? It's a typewriter with memory, basically. I mean, it was, and it was very important and very sophisticated. But then once you started doing word processing, you started to think about how you write differently. Right. And you started thinking about the kinds of, you, of things that you can do differently. Once you've written a lot, you start going, I should, oh, what are spreadsheets? Like, I feel like that's something I could tackle right. at this point. And then once you start thinking about spreadsheets, maybe you start thinking about databases and you go, well, okay, well, now how do I manipulate these databases? Do I want to learn um, a, a little bit about programming? You know, anyway, but everybody has their 
on a path from those things. It's just that sometimes it's really difficult to see the 10,000 steps it took to get from there to here. And like, we think we understand that logically how that happened, but like, you know, like Dr. Manhattan's clock. I mean, there's, there's so many thousands of little things that led you to where you are now, but I think it's also, I mean, I think it's also always important to remember it's okay for us to like different things and to make sure that when we do argue with people about things, we're arguing about the same thing. Like, so for example, like I I agree with you, I think you should just be able to have any kind of watch you like and enjoy it. It's just that, you know, the watch that you buy for $200 or $10,000, that's a, you know, Swiss watch or whatever, it's not supposed to be the same thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like saying like, well, I don't like paintings because they're not TV or, or vice versa, (laughs) where it's like, well, that's not, I mean, that's, that's kind of a false equivalence. Right, right. It's, you know, and I, the thing that I try to keep in mind is all my pals who have such perma boners over their watch are, are frontiersmen, frontiers persons. Yeah. There are people who like being pioneers in this. There are people like a Marco who likes to go, I'm going to just spend a whole bunch of my day thinking about what I could do with this which is really different from what somebody who's in an office all day um, you know, might be thinking about or somebody who walks dogs in uh, Australia for a living. Right. Like everybody's got their different needs. And you know, if, there's any, if there's any proof that we need to stop getting all of our information through text from friends and strangers, it's that that tonality gets lost. You don't get to meet that person who's the Australian dog walker. You don't get to meet the, the, the Brooklyn millionaire uh, who, uh, who, who likes his watch. Like everybody's you know, in person. All those people are really different and complex. Right. And then- on a day like this, we kind of try to boil it down to like, well, are, are, you, are you ridiculously over into your watch or are you one of those haters who thinks Apple's going to fail? Well, yeah. Do I have <laughs> I would, to be? I would like What's to the think, middle one? <laughs> I, I'd like to think that that's, that's not even really an axis. That's just, that's some Avery labels of your mind that you just want to start slapping on stuff to have things make more sense. And if you're doing that a lot, spend less time texting people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have something else you want to tell me about? No, no, that was it. Just the two. Okay, well, then we got to move on to our uh, final segment today. You ready? Oh, I... Well, it's Dan's concern. Dan's got a concern. There's something on his mind. It's a bee in his bonnet. There's a stone in his shoe. Here's Dan's concern. It's new. Dan? Yes. Uh, so there is... Uh, this is a legitimate concern, I think. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. All right. I didn't even notice this one. Uh, by the way, last night, the uh, the lights across the street, usually there's a green light, whole house lights off, whole house. Hmm. So, but that's not, that's just follow-up. Maybe it's a seance. Ooh. Well, I don't know. No cars Anyway, there. I'm sorry. Please continue. So, in our garage, uh, let me describe this garage. It is a two-car garage. There are two separate garage doors as opposed to one large one, separated by a pillar in the middle. The garage itself has two levels. One level is by uh, closer to the the door where the door comes out and the door comes out and opens in such a way so that if you were to walk out through the door, you would be facing the front of the cars and down the driveway. So you're already you're facing in that direction and the door is at the far uh, right hand side of the garage if you were walking out into it. Okay far left-hand side if you were facing the the house itself inside the garage. Uh, The higher level is like there's some sort of a storage area off to the left, and it's only higher by about maybe a two-inch step. It's maybe one-inch step. It's not not raised very much. Uh, The garage itself has that, I don't know what they call that flooring. I, I know it's not Chattahoochee, but I just wanted to say that word. 
mm-hmm. but it's where you have like, it looks like a gray paint. And then there are little very 1950s esque sort of retro flecks that have been mm. thrown into the paint and then have settled into the paint. So it gives it a slight grip rough surface, but not mm-hmm. really I don't like, know, a, like a popcorn ceiling feeling, but gray and on the floor. Yeah. And much smoother. Mm. Uh, the other day, my wife noticed in in the garage that there was a, I don't know how she heard this, there's a very faint hissing sound. And she was able to identify that the hissing sound came from kind of the center part of the slightly raised area in the garage. Hmm. And so we were in there and, and she noticed that that area if you were to put your hand on it is not just warm, but almost hot. Mm. It has a fever. And then as you move to the other parts of the garage, further away from this one point where the sound is loudest and the temperature is warmest, it gets cooler. And so obviously there's something that that's like, there's like a leak of something under there. But so at first I thought, well, I know that it's not, gas of any kind because the gas isn't running under that part of the house at all i know that for sure and second gas natural gas isn't uh, hot in in the walls or in the floor it's it's hasn't you know it's not hot so that makes me think that it's some kind of a water leak like a hot water leak isn't is it all the time yeah like irrespective of time of day it's the same volume and pitch yeah 24-7. Yeah, and you can put your hand on there anytime and it's warm. Oh, or or even hot. Hmm. So this uh, is... Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I gotta turn to listeners for this. Poltergeist? Uh, it's hot, I, I, but it's warm. So like... Hot poltergeist. It's a, it's a pol- polter, polterheist. <sighs> so the second, I don't know, Dan. Who that's who super weird. Gas, gas is all I got. It's not gas. Because mm. gas wouldn't be making it hot. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be like a a somehow there's hot uh, like a hot spring or something under the house. Or I like that. I like that theory because I can't see how the water from the water heater would be going through that. I don't even think the the water heater's there. I think it's up in the attic. Maybe you got a gusher, like a geyser, like a sinkhole. No, maybe maybe you discovered oil, Texas tea, mm-hmm. black gold. So who do I call for this? Do I call a plumber? Hissbusters. No, really. Who do I call? Do I call a plumber out? Who? Do we... I think a, a grown man. Uh, I think a, a, you should call a grown man who understands how things work. You should like, make maybe a Mister Fix It or a Ms. Fix It. Yeah, a grown man, woman, like a handy, so, a handy man, someone handy, somebody with hands that could come out and uh, is is uh, could help you track that down. Really, I'm serious. Like you could do a plumber, but I think a plumber's going to go like, where's the where's the water? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a weird one, Dan. It's weird, but, and right? your, wife, your wife confirms it, though. She's, she's, she she's found it. it. She found it. <sighs> now, see, this is the problem, is I believe strongly in the potential for shared hallucinations. And, oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, like, if enough people are there, and you're like, did you see it? Enough people will see it, that even if it wasn't there. So, like, the only way to test it is to say, uh, I would like for you to stand in this room and listen. And then if I describe the same thing that, that, that they described, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then it's probably more true than if they say, do you hear a hissing sound coming from right here? It's a p- power of suggestion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shared 
shared hallucinations. Uh, hallucinations. This is going to be a big one. I think we got to turn to the listeners. I would like to hear some theories. Do you want them to email you? Should yeah, tweet, you? Tweet, tweet me is better. I'm at Dan Benjamin on, on Twitter. Tweeting me is better. Might be better if they called you so they could talk to you in person. I like hearing from people. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a social guy. Well, they, I used to do grid on a very regular basis. And people called into that. And I like talking to people. It made oh. you mad, though. I got very angry. <laughs> <laughs> people don't understand how hard it is to maintain that level of angry attention for, you know, a couple, two, three, two hours a week. They're like, why didn't yeah. you record it? I'm like, because it's hard to do, man. I'm not mad enough yet. Yeah. Hmm. I'm winded. We didn't even get into Eddie Q. Let's do that. I really want to do that. I don't want to end the show. I won't feel right if we don't talk about it, please. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I can do 10 minutes. I'm full of urine. 10 minutes. Here, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, um, I did not invent this theory. Other people have said this, but okay. So basically Apple, Apple came out with their new music service or, and or app and or something yesterday. And I just thought, I mean, my, my, here's my, uh, what do they say? Hot take. Is that a hot take? My, I mean, my take on it is like, wow, that was such a, like an unusual mess the way that that was presented. Cause the thing that, you know, the thing that you expect in a good Apple presentation is you do get a sense of like, uh, the best ones. You get a sense of maybe even a little bit of surprise and awe where you go, Oh, wow. That's super interesting, or wow, that's what I expected, or you know, whatever. But the thing that you, and I, you know, I, I don't think I'm the only one who felt this way. Is like, okay, so in terms of disclosure or, or background, I should say, like I subscribe to Beats Music, I subscribe to iTunes Match. I've used iTunes since it came out. Mm-hmm. I understand what social media is. I've heard of Drake. Um, there should have been. Uh, uh, enough information for me to walk away with a better understanding, I feel like, of what that thing was. By the end of that that tortured half hour or whatever it was, you finally got the sense that there's an app and a service that does these things. But the way that they got from one more thing to finally kind of describing what it was was so tortured and so it felt so under-rehearsed and so it almost... it almost felt like a game of you know hot potato, yeah. like where you, where you gotta like pass the potato, and in this case, it's like a hand grenade. Like, let's bring somebody else up on stage so I don't have to be the one that's here when this, when this blows up. Hey, everybody, it's Drake, huh? What's, <laughs> what's he? What's oh, okay? So he knows some famous people and has a jacket. It just it, it just kept shucking and jiving and going from thing to thing, and then Eddie Q starts dancing, and then at one point they're describing. You have to understand now. There's there's lists that you can make of music, and that's called a playlist. You can do that. That's the thing you can do now with your phone. Right there's that. Also, right. we have this new idea for taking music, and then uh, you, t- you take music, and then people can listen to that, and it's something called radio. So you can, you can go out and listen to that. And you're like, okay, so you part of this service is that there's a radio station. Okay, is that like iTunes Radio? No, 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 no. I mean, okay, so what is that like? Well, here, let me put up the static screen while you listen to radio. It was so bizarre. I was at this moment. I was like, oh, "That's finally where I was like, can, do they know that we're we're watching this? Can anybody see this but me?" So I just thought it was super weird. I thought, you know, uh, this. I'm trying to understand, like, uh, how how is this like super different from Beats? Because they basically demoed Beats. Anybody who's done subscribed to Beats has gone through that process of clicking on the circles to tell it what kind of music you like. Like, <laughs> aren't millions of people already using the app that they just announced? Except it's it's like iTunes playlist, but not or it's like it's like iTunes Match, but not iTunes Match. Like, did you get that? 
Did you get that? Like your music from iTunes Match will appear as being available in the subscription service where I guess it would be there anyway. I guess stuff you've uploaded, but that's different from the iTunes Match, which you still have to pay for, which is a different service. Did you get that? I mean, I, I just think that there is a very strange... It, first of all, we all know how bad iTunes is right now. It, it, it does... It's, it's supposed to do a lot of different things, and it's not doing any of them that particularly well. It does most of the things that it does kind of bad if you... Like, it doesn't do anything well. Well, it's, like, it's a music player. It's where you get your apps. It's, you know, iTunes on your Mac is not the same thing as iTunes on your iOS device. I mean, we've gone through this donkey drill before, but I think, you know, most people seem in, in agreement that it's time for whatever we call iTunes to be better clarified in terms of what pieces could be broken up to do this better someplace else. Right? Like, again, think about the iOS versus OS 10 experience. It's crazy. Like, you, have an, you go watch movies you bought in iTunes on your Mac. But now you have a you have a you have a an app called Videos on your iOS device where you can watch stuff or download stuff. You have iTunes Store on your. I, I'm beating a dead horse here, but yeah, no, I, I think most people are in agreement that you know iTunes is is ready for an update in so many ways. Maybe even more than the Finder. Like we're really ready for this to be rebuilt from the ground up and refactored at a very high level. I I just I'm so I felt like the whole Beats acquisition, the whole really everything that apple could do in this space you know apple being uh, sorry music being in apple's dna all of the, of the introduction that so many people had to apple was the ipod you know mm-hmm. that was how they discovered apple that was maybe their only apple device for many many years and maybe to this day it might be their only apple device you know they still mm-hmm. have an ipod and that's like their thing you know, thinking about that and how important music is and that like, this is what they, this is the thing that they come out with. Well, and this is where the theory comes in, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, it, it isn't even that sense of like, like where you see the Apple watch and you go, wow, I don't, that may not be for me, but I can sure see that that's a really novel solution to something. Instead there, you have all these the presentation is just going so poorly. It feels so under-rehearsed. It feels so under-planned. The entire product looks so under-engineered. Yeah, there was and, nothing to, there was nothing to but, it. But, but you're like, you know, exactly. And so, like, again, the same thing I said two hours ago. Like, okay, well, hey, you know how you like Beats Music and the curated playlist? We're taking that, and we're adding to that some of the best stuff you love about iTunes Match, plus this radio and our ability to connect with artists. I mean, that already sounds really muddled, and that's one sentence with commas. But like, I, I never got any sense of like, so wait a minute, Drake's going to send me lyrics in the place where I yeah. listen to the Wrens? Like, how right, does that like work? Here's, here's, a, here's a picture of it, this it artist. Felt like, that, it felt like JPEGs. It felt like they were throwing up JPEGs. And so here, I first heard Dr. Drang say this, and I've heard, I talked about a lot, talked about this a lot. This is all anybody could talk about last night. Um, I really, I, I share people's wondering whether maybe they were this close. On an, on an Apple TV announcement, they could mm-hmm. feel great about mm-hmm. like, and if maybe I'm going to say Thursday, <laughs> maybe Wednesday, Thursday, maybe Friday, right. they were like, no, that's it. They had a go no go, and they went no go. Right. Let's bring out let's bring out the the music app. I honestly, I have to say, I hope you're right because that would explain why we got to see Eddie up there uh, playing song after song after song after song. Like, you know what? Like this is the the thing that that uh, it seems so obvious to me, but like if if we're 
watching the WWDC keynote, we've pretty much all used an audio player on our phone. He's describing how to make a playlist. Right. Like, look, and and this is the thing that seems crazy to me. I don't know if I should say it too loud, but like people applauded when they rearranged things on their playlist. Like, yeah. Apple did. Yeah. Infinity. Control what's coming up next. Can you imagine the power of being able to pick the next song? Like that's the most choose. important thing in the world. It's not just the song that's playing now, but the J- next Jimmy, song. Jimmy, Iovine just made me realize. Like I never really fully got my head around the fact that the problem with music is that the next song might not be right for my workout with my reps. It's crazy. That was so weird. It's what, crazy. They, if that was anybody, like Jason Snell already said this, but like if that was anybody else, they would have gotten the hook. Oh my I mean, gosh! They would they would have hawkeyed that guy in the neck. Like <laughs> oh my god, what is he doing out there? And just and, the way that, that, that oh Apple's God. trying to spin it in that PR release that I sent you yesterday after the, the thing, they talk about how Beats One, which if you're not following along, is the radio it's station. It's, it's radio on the internet. Yeah, it's radio on the internet. And what they actually say <laughs> is like people, all people everywhere will be able to hear the same thing at the same time. But Dan, it's music. But it's That's music. Do you know how, music, how important music is? And now you're going to be able to hear that in a, in a radio-like environment. It's so weird to me. It's like saying that, you know, and there's what, three DJs. Yeah, there's three DJs and there are in different parts of the world too. It was so weird. It, it's just, it, 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 I mean, I, I made a crack on Twitter. It's like, it seems like they came up with this on, on the ride up from Caltra on Caltrain. Like it, it, it does not, it, I don't know. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Drake, when, uh, by the way, I have to, I just have to say like Drake. I don't, I've heard of Drake. I'm sure I've heard Drake's music. I actually do like. Drake is famous. Yes. And I do like a lot of hip hop. There's a lot of hip hop music that that I enjoy listening to. I'm sure. So I'm sure I've heard Drake's stuff, but he really, really seemed like he was just flat out winging it uh, and coming up with stuff and that, that the audience wasn't responding in the way. He didn't have anything to rehearse. It really felt like they did not. I mean, when you send somebody on stage, you're like, well, here's your first thing you say. Here's the last thing you say. And here's the point you need to make. Like if all else fails and he's a performer, he's used to being in front of people. The thing is, unlike some people, like I I feel bad for everybody involved because I, I really, I really get a feeling that is not something they wanted to put up and, and calling it the one more thing. Like, Oh, that shouldn't matter. But like that, that's kind no. of like the big box that you yes. opened last at Christmas. And okay. So there's a lot of people, Merlin, there are a lot of people who, who know one more thing from like post iPhone days for, for those who are like us who have been Apple nerds for way too long now. One more thing was the bombshell. And the yeah, that, whole, was, that was the dog whistle that meant here's the thing nobody even knew the rumor about. Right. And the one more thing was, was Steve Jobs' way of kind of being like, ah, you know, we, we showed you some cool stuff, but like, ah, we got one more little thing we're going to show you. It's, it's Columbo at the end of the episode who's saying <laughs> one more thing. And, 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 and it's the thing that breaks the whole case that explains how the person was guilty. Like, that's the, not the little detail. It's the big detail that steals the whole show. And the first one, the first time he did that, I believe was the iMac, right? Like, he brought out a computer that was colorful and it was an all in one and it would 
totally changed everything about the way we thought of what computers should look like and how they could be cool. And it was completely different than everything else. And yes, an iPhone, like all of these things that to me like that, if that's where Apple is and that's what Apple thinks is a one more thing and that's how they present and treat their one more thing. Right. Like that, well, then there's something wrong. And that's why I hope what you say is completely true and that their one right. more thing was going to be, by the way, we've cracked TV and like, here's the answer. That right. would have been cool. Because that's, that's, there's so many moving parts. We, again, we talked about this on the tail on the show with Jim, but there's so many moving parts to whatever comes next with TV. But, you know, there's a, a phrase I've heard, uh, you know, lawyers, uh, attorneys use. It's an old, you know, an old cliche, but they say, if you have the law on your side, pound the law. If you have the facts on your side, pound the facts. Right. And if you don't have either, pound the table. <laughs> and I think Eddie Q was pounding that. the table. That's awesome. I think he's pounding the table. I think he's out there doing his little pan man dance because that's what they had. Um, you know, and I, it's, you know, it, it's just, it's just Apple has such a high standard. I don't want to sound like I'm bagging. I'm really, I, I don't want to sit here and like just, just bag on, on anybody up there. It's, I, I, cause I really do feel like the only explanation for that is something went catastrophically wrong at the last minute was something that they thought was going to be a big hit. I think maybe it might have been advisable to either leave that stuff out and look, look guys, look. Here, here, here's here. Okay, so here's here's the most damning guess that I've got is that what what is this conference, right? It is the WWDC. Yeah. So much of what they talked about here, they're they're not above announcing consumer products at these things, but to really make make that room excited, if you were going to have a one more thing, like wouldn't you want it to be something that was a one more thing for developers? Wouldn't you want that to be? Well, there's a new. I'm, and again, this is just blue sky solutionary, right. but you know what? Uh, coming by Christmas. Coming, coming in, you know, whatever, uh, this fall, it's going to be a completely new, uh, Apple TV that's going to run HomeKit and it's going to let you, you know, do all these wonderful things we love. It's going to, it's going to crush the Amazon Fire TV in terms of performance. Right. It's going to do all this stuff. And, and you know what? Starting today, you know, look under your seat. You've got the SDK to start making apps for this. Right, right, right. So that, even if it wasn't a new Apple TV that that's was available great. today, that, that, well, I'm, excited, I'm, I'm excited hearing you talk about that. Because that's for developers. That's a developer's wet dream to be able to make app. One of them is to be able to make apps, you know, that you're going to have the, the like on your on TV. Like, I want to make an app for the TV. I know. Like, I will roll up my sleeves and learn Objective C. I, I, I met the guy from Glide last night. Oh, nice. Have you, you looked at that Glide? Yeah. The thing where you like put stuff on Dropbox and it makes an app? Yep. I want to play with yeah, that. Yeah, I but, had okay, him so, on a Dan Benjamin hour a week oh, or two nice. ago. Yeah. So, so here's the, so all I'm saying is like that. Okay, so what? And obviously, that's all just me, you know, crazy monkey balls in my head coming up with an idea. But it, that would be a very plausible one more thing to show at the WWDC. Um, so if you don't have something big in developing, like, do you think from the beginning it was their conception to do two really weird things? Um, to have <laughs> to have the announcement of a completely cobbled together consumer music service that's a dog whistle for the entertainment industry that you then number two call one more thing at a developers conference it doesn't add up there's no it's not that's not apple they don't right. operate like that this is they don't have the big google shut the io shovel for these things so now that's listen, why now I, listen, like, you, you, I, I tempered my opinion on it well you really just have. you just mentioned the the google io i watch that thing too and i have to tell you that that thing to me was Google's by far, say what you want about Google being evil or good, whatever, let's table that conversation about privacy and everything else. That was by far Google's best event ever in the history of the company, wow. I think. They, they did a fantastic job. The audience responded more or less when th they should have. Um, 
you know, like, uh, you know, Google people, but it, it was just the, the production quality was great, which you would expect for a company that, that deals in that much money. But like the messages were on point, what they talked about, the, the, the whole thing felt cohesive. It felt much more like an Apple event than this Apple event felt like an Apple event. And, you know, again, I'm not picking on individual presenters or on that, that just really tired of, Oh, we're planning a karaoke thing and look at all these funny pic and like, I don't feel that, that we need to see a story. I'm waking up now. I'm in my room. Here's a meditation app. I don't need that. Just show me the cool features. Uh, just so awkward. Talk, talk to me about the cool. You I think can Kevin have- Lynch, Kevin Lynch did a great job with that at the, at the last event. I think he did a nice job of, of filling in the blanks on the watch by showing a, some, some use cases. There's a lot of repetition, but I think he did a nice job. I think he didn't do a bad job at all yesterday, but no, you're right. And, and it really, it, 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 when you get, it's so weird. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Like such a fine line with Craig Federici and uh, where Craig Federici has kind of become the star of the show. Oh yeah, but like he was, it, he's likable. Kind of he is but even like, through those things. He's likable. Like, okay, the, the the that mini, not that funny karaoke jokes is what you expect from Google. Anyway, now we're just. I don't. I'm not here to. But no, and, and that's the thing. But, like, it, but if you look at those different things, if you take them individually, the those kinds of jokes. All of this other stuff, if you take those things individually, they're not a big deal. But if you take them collectively, uh, combined with that a really long, extended, bizarre segment at the end, and, and you use this to reflect on the fact that this is Apple's really one time per year to really, really show the world and their developers what they're about. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, like if, if I told you that you're going to have one podcast episode a year and it's for two hours and it's that's all you're going to really do. And that's what people will really talk to you about, Merlin. That's <laughs> how they're going to think of you. Would you really spend the last 20 minutes of your show doing something like that? You know, like I heard right. I forget who it was. It, it might have been Letterman. I've just been watching uh, The Late Shift again. I just watched it again last night. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um Everything but the music holds up perfectly. But I, so it might have been Letterman. It might have been somebody else, but they were talking about having a, a, a daily show. And they're like, you know, they want every single show to be amazing. Of course, they want every single show to be awesome. But like, if it's not, you still have tomorrow. It's not one show a week, let alone one show, period. This yeah. is Apple's one show, really, for the year. It has to be amazing because this is what people are going to talk about. You know, this is what people think of yeah. as Apple for the rest of the year. So I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping what you say was right and that they had to pull something, but why not just cut it short? That's what, that's, that seems like the way to go. I don't know. And the more I think about it, the less sense it makes. And yeah. I feel it worse about like, you know, making fun. But, but just, you know, while it was happening, it's, it seems so strange. Cause I mean, there were, I mean, think about what went into, what went into making that Bill Hader video. Like that was a lot of resources and, and time to make something that polished. You know, whether you thought it landed perfectly or not, it was still like, like great work. Whereas like to end with that, just, I, I don't mean this as like a let's beat up on Apple thing, but more of like, I wonder what's going on, you know? Yeah. I wonder if there, if there was, cause there were, there were whispers, uh, yesterday morning amongst lots of people I know that it was supposed to go two and a half hours. So there was already word on the street that it was going to run really long. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've just, I, I feel bad for everybody. You know, no, nobody likes to be up in, you know, there's so much scrutiny. Everybody's looking at your shirt. Yeah. You know, uh, 
And it's, uh, it's gotta have been just so awkward. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I just, I felt, I felt, you know, and the audience for a lot of it, just that they didn't respond. There's a silence a lot of the time. And yeah, that, 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 that was, it did feel, um, Craig Federici was, was doing something that I, that I do sometimes, uh, at presentations to, to remind people that it's time to applaud. <laughs> we say things like, isn't that, isn't that great? Or what do you think? Isn't that the best? Or is that the best? And like, it's like, you know, um, but can you imagine in the run up like a week or two before that, like what, what a hell hole it must be to just keep going over and changing that presentation and update. And, and Craig, Craig Federighi, how long was he on stage? He was out there for like 45 minutes, wasn't he? I don't know how he like maintained that energy the whole time. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely, doing when they are up there especially him they're they're doing a whole lot to channel what they and their team and their people have been working on for you know a year a year or more, probably more you know well, and like and, when you when you watch him using the ipad with the you know the new uh controls yeah like it looked like magic it was like yeah. oh man this guy has been using this for a while oh, yeah it's, it's i'm so looking forward to that there's so much that came out of it. Again, it was good. Like Swift went open source and people oh, were excited huge. about yeah, that. Right. And, you know, and, and, and so some of those things were predicted and, and, you know, in a way that's like, we really hope this is going to happen. And there it is. Apple's doing something great for developers and developing community. And this, they're really behind the language. And so there were a lot of things that were really, really on point. And, and I don't want it to sound like I'm panning the whole thing, but it yeah. just, it doesn't, it, it feels very different to me. It feels like we're, uh, like Apple is, changing in some ways that are good and yeah. some ways that are not. I can't wait to, to have a more stable, uh, cleaned up version of OS 10, you know, on iOS nine that, that, that works in, in a, in ways that we've been wanting it to work. This is all like really good stuff. And that's kind of what, as a developer, you, you kind of want to hear and you kind of want to hmm. get. I, I think I might have one more theory. Okay. Um, cause okay. They went through the whole, we love developers part. Developers, developers, developers. And they go through and they, they show the movie about how everybody's lives are being changed and kids without hearing can listen to music. And every, all my pals on Twitter were like, that's great. Like, now how do we make a living from this? And everybody, the, 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 there's five syllables going through everybody's head. 8515, 8515, 8515. Mm. Like, when are, are they going to announce a change in the rev split? And it got to the end and Tim's back on stage and he's doing that thing where he's being real intense and touching his head and it gets like church for a minute. And I was like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to announce that, that we love you guys so much. And here's how we show that. We're going to change the revenue split from 70, 30 to 85, 15. Right. It didn't happen. And I wonder, hmm, eh, I wonder if that was something that maybe they had planned as a, as a one more thing. That would have been a good, I think, one more thing in a developer conference. Well, think about changing the order a little bit. Like, and don't, 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 don't think of the order as we saw it. First of all, forget that the whole music thing happened. Um, imagine that they did watch OS, which was their real one more thing. Yeah. Um, imagine watch OS came earlier and then they were going to close with how much we love developers. That would and be that's really where they, that's where they that's where they could could have announced that they were going to come up with a more sustainable revenue split. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that didn't work out. See, now we're doing that thing where we're guessing what Apple's doing. Yeah, that's so annoying. Anyway, I believe I believe in the dream. Developers, developers, developers. Mm-hmm. All right, time will tell. Will you let us know how things uh, work out with your hissing? 
Yes, my wife actually during during the show, just a little pre show pre follow up. Pre follow up. She has texted me with a um a company that she thinks it we're going to call out to to investigate. So Oh that's terrific news. Well, I, I hope that works out equ- equitably. I hope you don't have anything leaking. Me too. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin. Man. 